Hello, chefs. This is Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to become the exception to the rule. Stay tuned. This episode of Chef's PSA is sponsored by JNR Grills and Smokers. I used JNR Smokers and Grills for over five years as a chef, and I can tell you there is a huge difference cooking over live fire or smoking with wood than using gas. There's only one way to get that real wood flavor. And now they've just released the JNR Vault holding cabinet. It'll probably be the last holding cabinet you'll ever buy. It's built with 14 gauge stainless steel interior. It's ultra durable. It has precise electronic temperature control. The exterior doesn't get hot and it's gonna outlast those other holding cabinets that you've used that always break down. If you're gonna put all that effort into grilling and smoking perfect meat, then you probably need the right cabinet to go with it. They build everything in Texas and ship to all 50 states and over 50 countries. JR, they'll stand with you. They've always stood with me. Go to jrmanufacturing.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get started, here's a brief update. I've decided I am going to write another book. I know I've talked about it and I've hinted at it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a sequel to the Bad Sue Good Chef book. Right now, I'm tentatively calling it Bad Chefs and Bad Cooks, but the idea is basically a new cook going into a kitchen and what it's like to be the FNG, aka the fucking new guy or the new girl, the FNG. If you don't know that slang, now you know it, FNG, the fucking new person guy or girl, whatever. I think it'd be fun. I haven't written in a while. I've been wanting to write another book. And I think now's the time. I get a lot of people that really enjoyed the Bad Sue Good Chef book. Go get it. Go to chefspsa.com. Get your copy. It's Christmas season. Now's the time to be getting all my books, one for every single person in your kitchen. But we digress. I think I'm going to write this book. I started writing it the other day. I designed the cover. I wanted to initially do it like a comic book, but I put up a poll on my Instagram page the other day with a new cover that I liked. And uh, it was like 30% liked it. A lot of people didn't. It's not a high enough percent for me to want to go the comic book direction. So I think I'm going to switch it up and just go back to the conversational style narrative. And maybe a comic book is not in the cards right now, but maybe later on. I do want to do a comic book as if you follow Chef's PSA, you know I like comics. If nothing else, that it could illustrate the point using obvious examples that are sometimes a little, there's sometimes a little bit of nuance in there and people don't fully get the chef's PSA, but when I put it in the comics, sometimes it clicks. Anyway, I hope you all like the comics. As I said, if you want to support the show, go get the books. I have the free eBooks there as well. Go get some merch. It's Christmas season coming up and you could get lots of chef's PSA merch like hats, t-shirts, hoodies. It is hoodie weather. Get yourself a journal, write shit down, get yourself a book, get smarter, listen to it. If you don't like reading, read with your ears. All the books are in audio, multiple languages, Spanish, English, Italian, ebook, and so on. Something else that I'm working on, I'm, I have to teach myself how to do it, but as a lot of you know, I am fascinated by AIs, all those comic images that you see I create using AI image generation. And I've been helping a lot of my chef friends to use AI for 
their work, in particular, like looking at food cost or writing menus for proofreading, spelling, grammar, analyzing menus to make sure they're, they're priced accordingly. And so anyway, I'm thinking of making some GPTs myself for chefs. So I don't know if I'm going to do that. I got to figure it out, but it's something new that I can learn how to do. And I, as, if you follow the podcast, you understand that I like learning and doing new things. So I may create some GPTs myself for chefs that would help them run their business better, everything from menu analytics to food cost management and some more ideas. I don't know. Who knows? We will see. But we digress. Take a shot. Let's talk about being the exception to the rule. Now, this is something I talk about often. There are rules and there are exceptions to the rule. An exception doesn't disprove the rule. For example, you could say all birds fly. The exception to the rule may be an ostrich. Ostriches don't fly. So that's an exception to the rule. You could say all mammals give birth to live young with the exception of platypuses. They lay eggs. That's an exception to the rule, but the exception doesn't disprove the rule. In most cases, the reason there's a rule is because 99% of the time, that's going to be what it is. Now, being the exception to the rule, which all of you already are, you listen to Chef's PSA podcast, making you the exception to the rule, meaning you're getting the knowledge that a lot of other people are not. You're thinking differently. You have an open mind. You're taking in new ideas. Some of them you agree with, some of them you don't. But nonetheless, you can't unhear them. And maybe there's a subtle shift in your perception. Being at the right place at the right time for the right experience, like listening to this podcast, makes you the exception to the rule. I choose to live my life as the exception to the rule because that's where the fun is. Being the exception to the rule is what makes someone great. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's an interesting thing, becoming a chef. A ton of people go to culinary school and if the amount of people that go to culinary school, many of them drop out. And of those that drop out, many go into the industry and leave after the first year because they find out it's not what they wanted. And of those that stick it through, even fewer become sous chefs. Let's just say a kitchen has four or five sous chefs in it, a big kitchen and a hundred cooks. Of those four or five sous chefs, maybe only one or two will become the executive sous chef. And of those two that become the executive sous chef, only one may become an executive chef. So if we were using that as an example, that is the exception to the rule. The executive chef is the exception to the rule for the executive sous chefs. And the sous chefs are the exception to the rule for the cooks and so on and so forth. The cook that remained in the industry is the exception to the rule. And the cook that made it all the way and beat the game is truly the exception to the rule. It's something to think about. So how are you going to become the exception to the rule? Not everyone's going to do it. And that's the sad reality of this business. A lot of people are going to get in and they realize immediately it's not for them. And they want to find a way out. Cooking really high-end food is the exception to the rule. Not every restaurant is like that. The majority of restaurants are busy, casual restaurants, and that's not bad. That's just what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. Those restaurants need to make money. They need to feed people. and They all serve a purpose. So when people look at really high-end restaurants and think that all food is that way, so you go to culinary school because you saw someone on TV or you saw an episode of Chef's Table and you think that's what you're going to be cooking in a restaurant when you graduate or that's the way all chefs cook, it's not. It is the exception to the rule. I saw a meme today. It was like the cook that shows up on time, doesn't complain, knows how to cook, never calls off. It was like that uh, Matthew McConaughey. It's a wazzy. It's a woozy. It's a fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, that's true. Those cooks are so hard to come by. But when you are that person, all the doors open for you. But acting as the exception to the rule sometimes is a double-edged sword because being the exception to the rule doesn't mean having a holier-than-thou attitude or you're above the work. You have to be willing to work harder, do more, because the exception to the rule could also be 
used as a negative. Everyone cleans, the exception to the rule doesn't because they're lazy, right? So it's a double-edged sword. So the exception to the rule doesn't always mean a good or a bad thing. It's just providing a frame of reference versus something else. So while I was preparing for this podcast, I started reading some stats that were kind of shocking just to illustrate the point of how difficult it is to move up in this business. In the United States alone, there are approximately 400,000 culinary students enrolled in culinary school or some sort of culinary training, 400,000 culinary students right now. And the average graduation rate for culinary students is about 63%. And that's the average of all the different culinary schools and colleges in the U.S. So about a 63, 64% graduation rate across the United States. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Think about how many of those leave the industry within the first year. The other fascinating stat is there's about 170,000 executive chef jobs in the United States, roughly. It's, it's kind of hard to track because an executive chef is not the same everywhere, but for the sake of context, there's 170,000 executive chef jobs in the United States. That means that this year, there are currently more students enrolled in culinary school than there are chef positions, head chef positions available for them. And then you think about, you know, the, the, the top end exclusive restaurants, whether this is a James Beard award-winning chef or a food and wine best new chef or a Michelin starred place and how few of those exist in a market. Let's use Michelin as an example. There's approximately 200, give or take, Michelin starred restaurants in the United States. That means, let's say there's 170,000 executive chef jobs and only 200 of those are in Michelin-starred restaurants. So the chances of becoming the chef at a Michelin-starred place is it's not even 1%, it's less than a percent. It's 0.1%. That's the odds of becoming that. And you think about the amount of people that are enrolled in culinary school and how that filters out. And I'm not saying this to make anyone feel disenfranchised with the industry, but I think it's important to understand that. Now, if you look at Chef's PSA podcast, one of the things that I always talk about is be the best cook, go work in great kitchens, get a mentor. It's better to be the worst cook in the best kitchen than the best cook in a worst kitchen. And the reason I say all that is because it does start to create your mindset of becoming the exception to the rule because people aren't taking on the difficult work. Like I'll do posts. Don't be afraid of the hard work. Be the person that shows up early. Be the person that's responsible. Don't think you're fooling people with bullshit lies on the line. Take opportunities when other people are saying no. Be willing to take the risk. Be willing to put yourself out there. Go out and network. Meet people. Make friends. Be nice. Don't burn bridges. Because even if you do 50% of those things, you're already putting yourself in a category where most likely you will become a chef. And if you do all those things, you're putting yourself in a category where you're going to become a world-class chef becoming the exception to the rule. I've said many times, I think it's really important to get a mentor, plan out your career path. Don't waste time working in kitchens that you don't aspire to run. If you don't want to work as the executive chef in the kitchen that you're in now, 
and you aspire to work in something different, then why are you there? Because the only thing you're learning is how to run that type of kitchen. And the longer you're in that kitchen, hoping someone's going to rescue you, the more difficult it will be every single day to leave that kitchen and go work in the type of kitchen you want to be in. I've said it before, no one's coming to save you. You have to save yourself. Create your own path and be the exception. And so we start to think about, you know, I give out some numbers, 63% of the students graduate, fewer become sous chefs, many of them leave, even fewer sous chefs become executive chefs. So why is that? Why do people leave? What causes that? Well, COVID was basically a great shakeup for the industry because it allowed people to go discover if they were good at something else. It's like a, a conical sieve in positions. There's a lot of people at the beginning and the further and further and further you get down to the bottom, the more difficult it, it is to get through. So competition is there. You can't be the person that's not out hustling the other cooks or the person that's not out hustling the other sous chefs or so on. You have to be the one that leaves no doubt in anyone's mind that you are the person for the job. The other difficulty is there's the skill development that comes with becoming a chef. You have to go from zero, not knowing anything, being a completely green cook, to all of a sudden being the type of chef and cook that could execute on a multitude of different skills. Butchering, sauteing, braising, cooking methods, sauce work, product ID, knowing what things are. On top of that, knowing how to lead people, deal with mental stress, and all the other things that go with working in a kitchen. Having the physical stamina to be on your feet all day with the turning and the bending and the crouching and the moving and, oh, don't forget the heat. How could you forget, how could you forget about the heat? Then there's the limiting, then there's the limited opportunities for advancement. And sometimes you have to leave a job to get promoted because you might be ready, but there's just no positions for you. So what are you going to do? Wait two or three years for the person above you to leave? Maybe they don't leave and you're still there waiting when you could get the job now. It's a tough decision, something that you have to make. There's no same answer for everybody. I don't know your personal life situation. Maybe you do need to stay there for medical reasons, benefits. It's close proximity to home. I don't know. But maybe you have the means to leave and travel and go out and take the opportunity because you are ready and you just don't have the opportunity there where you're at. Think about that. A lot of people are ready and will never get promoted just because they're afraid to leave. It's a sad reality of our industry. On top of that, there's financial constraints. You know, it's very rare that you find someone saying that they're going to go become a chef because they could make really great money, right? Or a cook, whatever the case might be. We're not necessarily known for being one of the highest paying industries out there. As a matter of fact, I heard the other day that being a plumber or an electrician right now is getting you close to 200000 a year in Austin, where I live, because of the amount of development that's there. And not a lot of people have those skills anymore. So go figure. Maybe being a cook will one day start paying that when no one remembers how to cook anymore. You're dealing with the work-life balance. A lot of people don't like that. Long hours. I don't get to see people. I end up missing a lot of family events or social events with friends. I don't have a social life girlfriend, boyfriend is always breaking up with me, whatever, whatever, right? We've all gone through it. It makes it tough to show up to want to be the exception to the rule when you're dealing with all this difficulty outside of work. Then there's the people that have zero presence and zero network. They're phenomenal chefs, phenomenal cooks, totally ready, but no one knows who they are. They don't have a network. And as they say, it's not what you know, sometimes it's who you know. Someone's picking up the phone and making phone calls and saying, hey, I got a chef job for you. And every single opportunity is open because people know you where there's people out there that are more qualified than you in their phones and their phones don't ring because no one knows them. Sad reality. I was talking to someone the other day and we were discussing social media. And I, I personally am, obviously, I'm a believer in social media and putting yourself out there. And I think it gives you an advantage as a chef. And I'll tell you why. I'm just going to touch on this. I know this is not fully on the subject, but 
if you're on a cooking interview and maybe it's not your best day, but people like, I know they can make good food. I've seen their social media or I've had their food before at a certain event, or I know them, they're a good friend, trust me, you got my word, maybe they had an off day. If people know who you are and you have a social network and a presence on social media, people start looking for you. I know I've looked at people's social profiles before I hire them just to see the type of food that they're making so I could kind of get an understanding of who they are. It's important to have a profile out there. It's your online resume. It tells an employer everything about you, as opposed to the person who's a complete ghost they might have fewer opportunities available to them. Well, anyway, point being today is act as the exception to the rule and all the opportunities are going to open up for you. If you act as the rule, fewer opportunities are going to open. Actually, I want to point out a couple of last things. If you look at the most successful chefs out there right now and, you know, name them, household names, the Thomas Kellers, the Ferran Adrias, the Rene Redzepi, the Grant Dackets of the world, the Dominic Crenn, you'll notice that they are the exception to the rule. They're not copying anyone. They're marching to the beat of their own drum. They're thinking different. They do things differently. They're the trend setter, not necessarily the trend follower. That's what makes them great. Every successful chef, the tippy top of the industry is usually, not always, but for the most part. Gordon Ramsay was the first person to do that Hell's Kitchen style show. Everyone copied that. You know, it's the innovators. When you think like everyone else and you act like everyone else, you end up just like everyone else. And that's not a good place to be all the time. And I'll share this with you. Just, I believe that thinking abstractly and looking at things from different perspectives is my superpower. I play these brain games every morning and I've been playing them since I think 2010. So for 13 years, I play games on Lumosity. They're not a sponsor, but anyway, if you're interested in that, lumosity.com. I play these puzzles every single morning with my morning coffee. It's been my routine for years. And one day it spit out data for me. After analyzing thousands of games that I played, and how I score and the results. It said, I think and make decisions most like people who work in scientific engineering jobs. It said I was most aligned to that. And I, I found that very interesting. Now, as a complete 180 opposite, it said, I think least like people who work in culinary arts. Now, what's interesting about that is it had no idea what I did for a living, but it was saying that the thing that I do professionally day in and day out was how I process information least like that group. And I think like this group over here of engineers and mathematicians, I found that fascinating because of all the things it could have said that I'm least like, it said culinary arts. And if anything, I took that to be an indicator of why I've been successful in the culinary arts is because I always thought differently from everyone else. That's why it's a five-star podcast anyway. We digress. If you want to support the show, make sure you leave five stars. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Amazon or wherever else you listen to podcasts, it's on all those platforms. I just don't always call them out. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like subscribe button. Make sure you leave a comment. Go follow on all the Chef's PSA socials. Go to chefspsa.com, get the book, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, support your favorite chef podcast. We'll see you next week. Hit the porno music.